Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by two first-time guests. Uh, Latoya Ferguson, I am a TV critic for the AV Club, Consequence of Sound, among others. And... Dana Pickley, I am an entertainment writer and pop culture critic, and I specialize in the queer stuff. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's been a while since we've had two first-time guests in the same episode. Um, so, Dana, why don't you start us off by telling us your Buffy origin story? I caught on to Buffy in college, and honestly, it was the first time a show really spoke to me. In, in I mean, I was always a casual television watcher, but Buffy just really just hit all these buttons for me. And I think that's when I, I, I heard another guest on a previous episode say, like, this is where her fandom journey really started. And I have to totally agree. <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. Do you remember, like, what season you started in? Um, I, I remember watching the first couple episodes of season one. And I was, you know, I wasn't super drawn in by the monster of the week thing. Yeah. But then I picked up in season three and really, really got into it. So I went back and watched one and two and then threw out consecutively. All right. Latoya, how about you? What's your Buffy origin? All right. So growing up, I was always a sophisticated TV nerd. Uh, so I was like this 12-year-old watching <laughs> The Practice and Ally McBeal. <laughs> and my mother, bless her heart, was like, you know, you should be watching what the kids are watching, you know. Uh, she made me watch the WB and, you know, the rest was history on that level. But uh, especially the summer before season six, I caught some season five episodes in rerun. I can, ex- I can tell you the exact episodes too, if, if you wanted to know. Yes, I do, yes. Um, they were uh, The Replacement, I Was Made to Love You, and The Gift. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah, they're, they're pretty solid episodes, actually. But yeah, yeah um, so seeing those hooked me. And luckily, around that time is when FX started doing like the rerun, so I was able to catch up. But the first season I watched live, and with the family, which was very awkward at times, was season six. And oh, from geez. then on, I was obsessed with that and Angel. I started with Angel season three. And I was like, I had a notebook where I would just like write Buffy and angel quotes. It, it just, <laughs> oh my God, I it, love that. It, it, yes, it led to me becoming a writer, essentially. <laughs> I'm cookie dough. <laughs> oh we've, God, no. We've that had, was out of my book of quotes. We've actually had, right, Matthew? We've had a lot of people say that, and like Matthew and I have said this too, that Buffy is kind of what got them into wanting to write. Like we've had a couple YA authors who've said that like that was their first foray into like YA, kind of. Yeah, we've had a lot of people say that. I did not say that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm not a YA author. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean, like, I just meant, like, in general. Like, for me, like, I always, the dialogue and stuff was so good. Like, I I, I had, a, I actually um, also had a notebook. Like, my friend, I was so obsessed with Buffy. My friend, she had given me this, like, Buffy like school stationery set where it was like a notebook, a couple of Buffy pencils, a Buffy pencil sharpener and a Buffy ruler. Um, and I still have that notebook and I like would write like random Buffy things in it and would always make like Buffy lists. Please tell me all the pencils are shaped like stakes. <laughs> They're not. It just, it just has her face going up and down the pencils. I'm looking at them right now. Actually, I still have them in a little cup on my desk. Um, just made me want to like do spells and defeat the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, also that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you guys are here, and we're going to discuss a two-parter, but today we're discussing the first part called um, This Year's Girl. This Year's Girl. Um, Matthew, would you like to begin? Sure. Um, so This Year's Girl starts the way all of our favorite Buffy episodes start, with a dream sequence. Yay! Um, but... Like surprise, surprise! Um, it's a it's Faith's dream sequence and not Buffy's. I, you know, I actually put in my notes that I always forget this dream specifically because she does mention little sister. She mentions like, oh, with little sis coming. I always think this dream happens in graduation day part two. Well, no, because that's the one where she said, "Well, aren't they also around a bed in the graduation yes. day yeah. one?" Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a continuation of that dream, and then she does bring up Dawn again. Yeah. Which still brings up that whole thing of, like, they've known about Dawn for two years and have just been sleeping on her, and it's really weird. I don't know. <laughs> Literally sleeping on her. It's all happening in dreams. Ah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know in Ray's Anatomy, when Meredith doesn't do the voiceover in the beginning, and you know that episode's going to be like, oh, shit, this is intense? That's how this feels when it's Faith's dream. Oh, my God. Wait. My... my um. My corollary to that is if you watch Desperate Housewives, whatever Mary, whenever Mary Alice doesn't do the voiceover and it's someone else, that's when you know shit's going to go down. Exactly! <laughs> I have not watched either of those shows. <laughs> I have watched enough Desperate Housewives to understand that one. Not so much with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I do love, you know, I love a dream. I mean, Restless <laughs> is my second favorite episode, so I love a like, dream sequence. Um... I like the Dawn reference. Um, I, so, is it? No, it's not till later. Never mind. I was going to say, but also the mayor, but that's not till later. Um, well, I wanted to point out about the dream sequence and just the, the fact that Faith is in the coma. A lot of shows would use the fact that a character is like, in this forever coma to just write them off. Not this show. Yeah. They're like, she's in a coma, but she's definitely coming back, obviously. <laughs> well, that's so interesting that you said that because I... I think this is a conversation we can either have it right now or tell us, tell me if you want to table it. But in a way, you know, it's so clear that Faith does have to come back. And it's interesting to me that they choose these episodes right now because I feel like, I mean, so many people know that the Adams, that the Adam part of the, of the arc of the season is so underwritten. And sometimes I'm like, well, why did you spend two episodes on Faith at the end of season four, you know? Yeah. I, but even though they're great episodes, like, I think they could have waited to bring her back in, like, the, the beginning of season five or something. I don't know. Well, That's just me. I also think part of that is because I think it's great that they decided to kind of conclude her arc, even though obviously she continues, because you need it here because of the episodes of Angel. That's also part of it, too. Because right. the episodes of Angel are so right. necessary for her character development. Yeah. No, and I and I actually do, I think those are my favorite, I think, of season one of Angel. Those are, like, my favorite episodes. Because yeah. um, season one is, like, rough. Um, and I, th I think she works really well with Angel. Um I don't always think he's the most interesting character, but I think him and Faith, it the dynamic works. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I actually agree with you, Matthew. It does feel weird to, like, bring her back. And I put in my notes, like, this is, and this is, like, totally lame, but 
That's why I like Buffy's my hero, because it's like, she has all this shit going on. She's worried about her boyfriend never getting out of his, like, crazy army whatever base. She's worried about this monster Adam who's Frankenstein and just murdered a child um, and murdered the head of the initiative and beat the crap out of her. And then also has to worry, like, she, like, juggles so many things at once. And I feel like I would just be like, I'm going to sit and cry for a little bit. Like, don't talk to me. Um, There's no crying and slaying. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of crying and slaying. There's plenty of crying. (laughs) I feel like Buffy never cries about the slaying. She cries about other things, though. Like, Like, when she, um... Like when Riley leaves and she goes to the nunnery to see if she can like become a nun. <laughs> That's what she cries a lot. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, does anyone else have anything to say about the dream sequence? Dana, did you want to add anything? Um, no. I think <laughs> There's you guys, more dreams. I think I think you guys nailed it there. I mean, the whole this whole episode is basically a dream sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then the we go sequence? to the basement oh, sorry. scene. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a dream sequence about how Buffy's the villain, obviously. Right. I mean, we get to see, we get to see things from Faith's perspective, which it's easy to cast Faith in this villain role, but she has been put in an impossible situation in a lot of ways. Yes. You know, can you imagine being called to be the savior of mankind and then being like, oh, just sorry, just kidding. Um, There's a better one. Shel- like, can you just shelve all that for us? <laughs> well, I think it's really like it's really good for the show that they want to explore Faith's interiority because this is the first time that we're seeing like a Slayer dream from Faith's perspective, and I think that like the underlying theme of the dreams that she has throughout this whole episode is about are about like she's really having like PTSD reactions. Like she's just dreaming about her death over and over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's interesting. Like, you know, we, Buff, like she is supposed to be a quote unquote villain, but like, she's truly, I think, terrified of Buffy as her dreams show. And she's like obsessed with the fact that the girl that she, you know, she did want to be friends with. She is, she does have this very textual lesbian relationship with like killed her in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we go to the basement scene because it's season four and there's always a scene in the basement of them just talking <laughs> in Xander's basement. Um, and Xander gets electrocuted and nobody notices. I put that in my notes, part too. Of his arc. <laughs> <laughs> He's also no wearing, should notice. He's also wearing the most 70s era like, sweater vest er- ever and it matches Willow's hat. And I'm just like, who did this? Why is this happening? Uh, yeah, can we talk about how this episode was so quintessential late 90s style that I, I, I was beside myself. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Because like we said, at, on, on, at the end of the episode, we always ask for best outfit. And I will say that Xander's sweater is probably going to be my choice. Like, preview, <laughs> but... It like, does stick out they, the most of all things. But honestly, like, they put Willow in some hideous things in this oh, man. particularly. I was like, <laughs> did the costume designer have a personal vendetta against Willow? Like... <laughs> Did Allison Hannigan and she not get along? Like, oh no! Wait, wait. So I have an aside about that. Um, oh, the so like I'm like friendly with the season seven costume designer, <laughs> and he told because he like found an article I wrote forever ago about the style of Buffy, um, and like we became like friends and we go out to lunch sometimes. And I went out to lunch with him last time. 
I was in LA and he mentioned how Allison was the least interested, like, cause he was the new head costume designer for season seven and how Allison, he said that he could tell Allison didn't like the things they had been dressing her in prior to hmm. that. And she was like the most reluctant to meet with him just because she kind of thought it would be more of the same. And she was like, mm-hmm. he said she actually seemed pretty happy that he was dressing her more adult and not mm. like a weird, I like a cotton candy yeah. um, <laughs> and made, made, made sweet, sweet love with the Renaissance festival. <laughs> yeah. Season seven was probably the most normal uh, yes. attire for Willow. But then again, I can't really think of anything she wore in season seven. So that's, problematic as it is right yeah <laughs> right. yeah like there's no iconic outfits but when i think of willow season four it's bad but it's also like everything is iconic like <laughs> the, the the arms underneath strapped underneath her poncho iconic like you you love that look matthew <laughs> oh my god i live for that look i want that poncho so bad i want my course- arms to be restricted i want to have no <laughs> As Dana mentioned, the season six lesbian run fair, that's that's also iconic. Yeah. <laughs> they like really beat you over the head with that in season six. <laughs> it's like weird when they're not wearing a Renaissance Fair like lesbian wicker dress. Yeah, it's like they're it's like they're on rain, basically. <laughs> I miss that phase of of uh, lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually did think, Matthew, I thought of you when I saw, I was like, what is a sweater vest? But he does wear, he actually wears a few this season. And I know you always are into those outfits, Matthew. So I knew you would like they, that. I am. Sweater vest situation. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, I will uh, address one thing about the basement because this is something, since I do listen to your podcast, I like made notes about things I wanted to address. <laughs> so Xander's basement, uh, remember in Beer Bad when they're in like that weird coffee place? Yeah. That is the basement. That's oh. what the basement redressed. Is it? And that's the one time they show it, yes. That was right before they started to use the basement as the set. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I've, I've been I'm, wanting to address this for so long. <laughs> I'm impressed with you realizing that. The only time I've ever realized that was, um, I think it's like Goodbye, Iowa. They go to a crypt, and then in the I and team, or whichever one's first... They go to a crypt to find something. It's not there. Or no, in a, um, a new man, Giles goes to a crypt, to, and that's where he encounters Ethan Rain. And then mm-hmm. the episode after it, when J- Spike moves out into a crypt, it's the exact same, clearly the same crypt. I thought it was supposed I mean, to be. Wasn't it supposed to be that like that's when Spike found his crypt when he was helping Giles? No, because he's not with them. It's J- Giles, um, Willow... And Xander that go oh, to the I always crypt. thought that was supposed to be obvious that it was like there's this open crypt and and Spike needs a house. <laughs> no, they just didn't even I mean, try to like redress it. <laughs> One yeah. crypt is another crypt to me, frankly. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this cryptism over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this um, so let's. So I think <laughs> the next scene when Riley is leaving the hospital at the initiative, yeah, where Forrest wants to fuck him, basically. <laughs> well, well, I was, well, Oh my god, you interrupted my thing about that. Because I was going to say that I think that's the official breakup scene. Like, where they officially kind of, like, Riley and Forrest are no longer together after that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is like they're, like... And then he dies fairly soon after this, doesn't he? But he comes back as a, as a demonoid. Right, right, right. Um, and poor yeah. Graham is just, like, trying to help, but he's so submissive. He can't do anything. He really can't. I said someone was saying that like 
I, I forget. We were talking about that, and I was like, I just think Graham kind of, like, doesn't get anything to do. He's just, like, their other friend that has... I wouldn't be surprised. Like, we've all had this issue in, like, high school or college where, like, Forrest and Riley are clearly together, and, like, Graham is clearly in love with Riley and, like, is mad. Graham would do better than both of these men, honestly. (laughs) The the initiative was rife with sexual tension. Yeah. I mean... Honestly, yes. I mean, it it was, you know, headed up by someone who was, like, a psychologist who was always talking about, like, our inner desires. Like, all of her classes were about sex. Like, every time they... They went to Maggie's class. She was constantly talking about the psychology of, like, wanting to fuck people. (laughs) Not going to lie. I would have probably had an uncomfortable crush on Maggie if she was my professor. Dana! I would have felt really weird about it. Oh, my. No, I love this. I love this. She's very. I mean, she's. A brilliant, evil woman. Of course I was going to have a crush on her. Well, no, she's one of those, like, very dominate, dom- like, dominating personalities that, like, draws people in. Yeah, I can see that. That's why Buffy was a teacher so much until, you know, she turned on her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, they have their breakup, um, and then he, we get that scene of, like, Buffy talking about, oh, I'm gonna storm the initiative, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and then he shows up. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Am I really worth all that? And I really thought, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad we all agree about Riley. <laughs> well, not all of us, apparently. Yeah. Uh-oh. Not, well, not it's okay, me. because I made a decision two episodes ago that I'm no longer going to just, like, say my views on Riley over and over again. <laughs> but I don't think any man is worth the amount of what, like, Buffy's plan, first of all, is the least well-thought-out plan she asks so much of Willow. Like, she's like, Willow, I need you to take down this entire mainframe for 10 minutes. And if you can't do that, then use your magic. And it's like, hold on, bitch. I just started floating pencils like two days ago. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Buffy is clearly the reason Willow gets addicted to magic. She's like, if you can't do it online, use magic. And she listened to that so much. Look what happened. Oh, my God. That's a good point. Um, yep. But we did. You, we skipped a little bit, Ian. Oh, okay. Because we missed the dream where Faith is having a picnic with the mayor. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Well, also, I think, is it supposed to be, like, symbolism that um, the mayor is playing with a snake? Of course! <laughs> <laughs> he was a giant snake! Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I just want to, I mean, I just think that that's really, I don't know, especially later when we find out, like, with the video, what, the video, I think it's like very interesting that she's dreaming about the mayor. But does I know Buffy kills her in that dream? Does Buffy kill the mayor too? Yeah, first. In that dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. She kills him, and then that's when Faith. Because I, I put that it was like weird, but it's like a horror trope, as if Buffy's like the monster of like a horror movie, and like Faith is like the helpless, like final girl or like whatever. Because mm-hmm. she Faith literally doesn't run; she just crawls away yeah yeah like she tripped on a on a a a twig or something in the forest and as buffy walks towards her with this like giant knife yeah that slowly it's very you know that scene is very like um it's very like i think ryan murphy and the person and was watching that scene when he did like the opening of american horror story (laughs) pre-show except faith and the mayor are not lovers right or anything Right, because they're they're supposed father to be daughter, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say father daughter. They're supposed to be like they love each other but in a family way. Um Also the outfit that Faith is wearing on the on the blanket is very cute. 
No, I'm not here for it. I hate when they do a pastel to show, like, oh, it's happy and nice. I'm like, oh, Faith wouldn't wear that. <laughs> she wouldn't her dream where she's the good guy and Buffy's the obvious villain. True. Yeah, I guess they're trying like, to, like... In her dream, where she's just having lunch with her father, she would be wearing that. Yeah. I, but to me, I think Faith would, even in her imagination, like, even in her dreams, would still be wearing, like, black. Doesn't mean exactly. she's not. The mayor would be like, Faith, honey, come yeah, on. Yeah. Cool Ian, I think that this episode is about the difference between like who Faith wants to be and the role that she's forced to play. Ooh. And, it, like, and it's telling that like in her dreams, she is wearing pastel and chilling with her dad and not killing. And then like the moment she wakes up, she's back in reality and she's already like seen as this killer and like she has to fulfill that role. Right. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is when when she was called to be the slayer and then told basically like you're not needed in this, she she had no idea what to do or where to go. And she I think that's always what Faith wrestles with is who is she supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And like Uh she doesn't know where she fits in and she kind of doesn't really have anyone yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and before, and also before we get the plan, the the ludicrous plan to get rid of the initiative, we see that um, Willow. I mean Willow. That, well, yes, Adam flayed a demon, Ugh. and Willow was obviously influenced by this. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'm going to keep this in yeah. my mental paper. <laughs> going to pack that away. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So then. Riley's there, and I, I have to say, and this is, Matthew, you'll be happy. I'm going to defend Riley for a second. Oh, I'm about to not defend him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like of the men that Buffy has dated, all of them have done absolutely horrible things to her friends, um, and have tried to murder her friends, you know, numerous times, Riley does actually apologize. He, like, says, like, apologizes for his inappropriate behavior, um, which did really piss me off when he, like, pushes Willow. Um, but, I don't know, I had, I was like, all right, I give, I give him credit in the realm of Buffy's boyfriends that he actually is like, hey, guys, that was wrong of me. I'm sorry. But now I'm looking forward to hearing you not defending him. <laughs> Okay, so I was not expecting to have a lot of Riley notes watching this, and then I watched it, and I got so angry every time he spoke. <laughs> so when Buffy goes to, like, hug him, and he's like, ow, ow, my stomach, whatever, she's like, sorry I hurt you, and he's like, oh, a skewer through the ribcage hurt me, and it's just part of the larger issue, which is Riley cannot admit, admit even for a second, that a girl possibly hurt him. Poor emasculated Riley, and... It just it drives me crazy. It drives me up the wall. <laughs> just like even just that, or later when he calls, uh, he calls Faith a gal, and I like want to rip my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that deeper. I feel like I knew guys like Riley in college, yes. and, I and so I don't, I don't hate Riley, but as far as I'm concerned, like he might as well just be a sentient potato. <laughs> you know, <laughs> speaking of his potato ness, though, I just want to say. It also drives me crazy how people give uh, Boreanaz so much flack for his acting when Mark Lucas is right there. <laughs> really? I think Mark Lucas is better. I do. I think I, I do too. He has no range whatsoever. 
And I can, I've learned to appreciate him in other things, but he still has no range, especially um, here. I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. He played Mashed. He played uh, <laughs> Scalloped. He did <laughs> not How dare you? He was baked oh, in Mashed, and that's it. Come for his wig. Come for his peel. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think I've seen him in anything else, so... <laughs> Have you um, never seen the feature film starring Jessica Biel and Freddie Prinze Jr., Summer Catch? I have not. <laughs> he has a thing for fat girls in that movie. Yes, he does. I, yes, he does. I remember that. <laughs> well, I'm on board with that, then. <laughs> he is, like, the more most likable person in that movie? <laughs> I believe so, if I recall correctly. Is that the movie also with Cisco and Melissa Joan Hart? No. Drive me crazy. Oh, right, right, right. This goes not in the movie. You're also thinking of Get Over It, which has Cisco. Oh, yes. yes. You thought of two different movies as one movie. <laughs> uh, Nana's getting old and forgetting things. Um, so, so what happens next, Matthew? <laughs> well, next is Faith crawling out of the grave and then waking up. Yeah. Out of her watery grave. Which I do yes. like. I, I like the, like... I don't know. I, I I always like when they I do like everything they do in dreams, but I do like the like oh look 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 at it's all like framed from Faith's point of view. So it's like look what Buffy did to me. It's never like oh I kind of got here because of what I did. It's look what Buffy did to me. She put me here. I had to crawl out of this grave because of Buffy. Um and I kind of like I don't know, like sure, that's her perspective. Um and I just like seeing that framed that way like oh all these horrible things Buffy did to me and you know even when they have their confrontation later it's like yeah you tried to kill me and it's like but also you tried to kill everyone so (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, so I don't know if we noticed so when she goes to talk to the the woman in the hospital the woman she encounters in the hallway um I really like this is one of the first times I think that we hear, like, a complete stranger describe one of the big things that has happened on the show. Um, Yeah. And I do like hearing, just, like, from the town of Sunnydale, like, what do those, like, people who had nothing to do with this think of it? And she's like, oh, it was a tragedy. So many kids died, and the mayor and the principal died. Um, And, you know, not that the principal was, like, actively a monster, but he was a total dickhead. Um, just died. Yeah. Just died. That's all they know, apparently. Yeah, and so, like, it's weird to think, like, all they know is, like, oh, there was a tragedy and the school blew up and people died. Like, there's Fake no... Fake news. Yeah, she doesn't describe <laughs> a giant-ass snake monster that, like, ate people. Like, oh, the principal She's... died because he was eaten. They're all pretty much going Benghazi over it. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton came to Sunnydale. On <laughs> <laughs> <But> her emails. <laughs> George Soros planted high school students <laughs> at graduation. The deep state. <laughs> but what happened to Harmony? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, <laughs> waking up from a coma, an eight-month coma, we did not mention, but she looks awful. But it's like nothing compared to how awful she looks like once she gets to Angel. She, like, she just progressively looks worse and worse. But yeah. wait, can we also talk about how, like, she wakes up in a hospital and nobody's working? Well, she's, like, they put her in the, the secret wing, yeah. basically. They sew her away. She's not even, like, in the main main wing of the hospital for I assume, reasons. Right, yeah, I assumed it was, like, a, like, 
place that no one goes because they don't want people going to like see the Slayer. Because clearly the nurse that was working, she was working at least in conjunction with, if not was a watcher. Yeah. In my um, notes, I wrote this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but also, did we all pick up on the like how not so subtle it was? That Buffy's voiceover as Faith is leaving the hospital in this woman's clothes that she just attacked. Faith's, uh, Buffy's voiceover is, you know, I never stopped thinking about you. As Faith is leaving the hospital, and you know she's going for Buffy. Mm-hmm. I just really... Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, of course... They're that tragic can, love. They're I know, tragic, right? Tragic love. I like, Honestly, yeah. Carol wishes. Like, this is the original <laughs> Carol. <laughs> like, I'm like, the full quote for this podcast. Carol wishes. <laughs> Carol wishes. Um... <laughs> I like because like plurally I think you could there is a reading I guess where like because I remember I think it was Joss or maybe Sarah Michelle Geller someone at the time had been like oh no that's like straight guys fantasies that Faith and Buffy were like had some kind of queer love but then like I I said on one of our podcasts there was I found on Tumblr like a video from a uh comic-con where it's like eliza dushu nicholas brendan emma caulfield and like someone else and eliza dushu does say like at the very least i think faith felt it i don't know if buffy did but definitely faith felt feelings for mm-hmm. buffy and like i could buy that reading because buffy seems so like i feel like Buffy's like <laughs> my version of that would be like the straight guy that you blow and then he's like oh i'm not gay that was like whatever like don't kiss me um <laughs> Like, right? Enough about your weekend, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Matthew backed me up. <laughs> God forbid. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and we already said this, literally all of Riley's problems are there immediately from the start because in the next, that scene when him and Buffy are having their talk, he says to her, I'm a soldier, take that away, and what's left? And that's, like, completely the problem post-season four. That's, like, their entire problem in season five. He leaves to go back to being a soldier. Yeah, like, apparently nothing is left. He, he has nothing to offer besides being a soldier. Yeah. That's, that's basically what he proves. His most helpful thing, I think, is that he can be back up to her. Like, clearly he can fight more than, like, Xander and Willow can. But he hates that because he hates being back up to a woman. Right, yes. I was going to say, but he doesn't like that. I feel like he need, which is weird because Maggie Walsh is a woman and she was his leader, but he needs a leader, but it can't be, it can't be a woman. Like, I don't know, but Maggie Walsh was different for him somehow. I don't know why, but like, yeah. The weird mom situation. Yeah. Yeah. Plus he also suggests that he like go back to the initiative and like try to fix it from the inside. But as we learned from Angel season five, that wouldn't have worked either. Yes. (laughs) Well, I also actually, I really like this exchange because in a way it, it does not solidify, but it does kind of show that like Buffy and Riley are coming from the same trajectory, right? Like they're both actually dealing with like having their bodies like belonging to another entity and it, and them having to like come out from underneath like the tyranny of this like shadowy organization that they know nothing that they really know nothing about. Um, and so when they were talking about like the council and the initiative, I really actually felt like that was a good moment for their relationship that showed like that they had a similar kind of journey. I'll give you that. The problem is just that he, he prefers that, that unfortunately, 
Well, I think he, perf well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's lots of Slayer. I mean, I'm sure Kendra would have preferred it too, right? Like there's lots of Slayers who kind of would be like, well, I'm the council's weapon and like, I have to listen to the council, but Buffy's different. That's why there's a show about her and Kendra's dead. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> That's Wait. why. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Wait, harsh tie. Um... <laughs> so... I so then we get Buffy getting the phone call. She gets the phone call about like, oh, Faith broke out, um, and Faith is conveniently watching as she gets the phone call, um, and that's where I put in my notes again. Like, I do appreciate how Buffy's like, well, now we got to decide what we're doing with Faith while deciding what we're doing with Adam while dealing with the initiative while like I'm fucking overloaded with shit, um, and I do have to say it is weird. That Buffy didn't, like, and I mean, we've addressed this before, too. Like, in the Iron Team and Goodbye Iowa, they're on, they're literally on the run from the initiative, and it's weird that she doesn't contact her mom, right? Well, we'll get, we're going to get to that next yeah. episode. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's weird Buffy's a bad daughter. <laughs> like, <laughs> Faith, Something's got to get in. Like, Faith <laughs> literally has been to their house. Like, she knows where Buffy's mom lives. Yeah, She's not a vampire. She doesn't have to ask to be, like, invited in. Yeah, she can, like, break down a wall and just, like, even if even if Joyce saw it and didn't answer the door, she could literally just punch her, her way through the door. Um, <laughs> which, like, brings up the, like, they should probably have, like, crazy metal doors in that house. But, um, yeah, it's, like, I, I appreciate that they do it. I mean, at the end of the episode, we get there. But it is crazy that she wouldn't be, like, I have to call my mom because Faith is a murderer and is crazy she might attack my mother. Like, I feel like that would be my first thought. Like, oh shit, let me check on my mom, who only lives, it's like 10 minutes away, like. Although, I'll, I'll give Buffy some credit. I appreciate that her first thought for Faith is like, that she possibly, hopefully, has amnesia, and she's like scared, and she's not in a murderous rage, basically. That's also part of it. Well, yeah, I, I wrote that down too, actually, in that like, I think, of the whole room, like, Buffy has the most compassion for Faith. Like, yes. Willow and everyone are like, so you're going to go out and, like, knife her again? And Buffy's <laughs> actually like, she could be scared. She could be disoriented. She, she could not know what's happening. Yeah. Yes. And she actually has, like, the whole... She, she has the most, like, compassionate viewpoint towards her. And I actually thought it was really great the way that was written for Buffy's character. Like, only because they do have the Slayer link and her yeah. kind of being like, I'm choosing to believe that Faith may have remorse. Yeah. Be, they well, Buffy's all... the only person who knows what it feels like to be Faith. Yeah. She knows that slaying, being the slayer, isn't cut and dry. It's not black and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I do think, because if you think about it, when Faith was first introduced, Buffy was the only one that didn't like her. They all mm -hmm. kind of were like, oh, yay, look at this like new person who's super hot and super charming. Um, and then immediately, like, they all eventually hated her, and Buffy was the only one, even when she had to kill her, well, try to kill her, felt like, still felt, like, bad for her, and still, like, clearly felt a, like, love for her, even though it was like, I have to fucking kill you because you're trying to kill my boyfriend, and have, like, beat up my best friend, um, and captured her, like, I don't know, I feel like Buffy, which, like you said, Matthew, it's to her credit that she does give Faith, she, she tries to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, and even in their encounter a little bit later in the episode, she still does try to, like, she's like, are you okay? Are you all right? Um, I don't know. And like, I think that's, like, yeah, that is totally to Buffy's credit. 
but also I understand why they all hate Faith, right? Like, it does make sense. Like, Xander went to speak to her after they had had sex, thinking, like, oh, we have a connection, and then she, like... Choked him out. Yeah, like, choked him out, and, like, Willow she kidnapped and, like, punched a lot, and, you know, it just <laughs> made sense that they... Like, I would probably hate her, too, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about when Buffy and Faith finally meet face-to-face and Faith somehow knows that Buffy will walk by that billboard at that exact moment. Oh my god, I love <laughs> I love this scene so much. I have like ten different <laughs> notes just on this scene. Willow just waiting for that chance to smack her with her purse. I know, Willow couldn't wait to do that. <laughs> Honestly, Willow is the OG of this fight. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> she is totally but being Buffy's hype girl. Like she gets in one sassy comment and one backpack hit and she thinks she's a shit. <laughs> um I, I know what everyone around them is just like, this is happening, I guess. We're just gonna like, watch what if this. you were just like truly on your way to like psych 101 and two and two women were having like the most advanced choreographic <laughs> ball ball. I was a theater major, so that would not have seemed out of place for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that, like, imagine, like, just, like, being, minding your business, watching class, and being, like, oh, that doesn't look like a regular, like, two college kids fighting. They're, like, you know, like, doing some good fight. They're, like, karate masters, and (laughs) just, like, fighting by this random billboard on the campus. Like, what the fuck? Um... But I, I would want to know everything. I would sign up for that club immediately. Yeah, what's on that billboard? I oh, want to know. I would definitely have been the asshole that's like, I need to stay here and watch this fight. <laughs> I can't go to class. There was this fight. And, <laughs> and they were really strong. <laughs> um, but I, I think everyone is working at 100% here. In the scene, I think the dialogue is really good. I love the music cues. Of like the as like Eliza Dushu turns around, um, so good. And I, you know, I think all of the Buffy Faith, especially here, moments are so tense. You even like feel it just as like a oh shit, they really like, you know, Faith can actually could kill everyone there. Like Faith could easily actually kill Willow. If she needed to like, so you're like oh fuck, Buffy and Faith need to have this fight. But I do like that Buffy starts out with like, are you doing okay? Um, you know, and Faith is like five by five. Um, and I love, like you said, Matthew, Willow with her bag being like ready. And Faith is like, you lose an arm because Faith literally could rip her arm off. And I did put my notes. I would have loved to see some kind of like Willow Faith fight with like super powered Willow witch. <laughs> That's like the meanest thing I've ever heard you say, Ian. <laughs> What you are literally saying that you want to see Willow get her arm ripped off and like, <laughs> have the rest of the series as a one-armed person. No, no, no. I would have liked to see a Willow Faith fight as, no, like, when she, in season six or seven, where she could have been like, oh, fuck you, and, like, done a spell and, like, thrown Faith across I the room. would have played her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lord, no. Yeah, like, oh, I, no. I would have liked to see that where Willow's like, hey, remember that time you, like, threatened to rip off my arm? Well, motherfucker. But also, like... <laughs> imagine, imagine the badass one-armed lesbian witch that Willow could have been. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. I just say, uh, so right before the, the fight scene, you have, so Willow and Buffy are talking, basically because Buffy had to explain things to Riley about, like, who Faith is, and she, Buffy says that she vaked up a few bits about the whole Faith situation, especially, like, the uh, angel stuff. And that basically comes back to bite her because 
again, Riley has no idea what's going on most of the time because <laughs> Buffy just keeps lying to him about things. It's kind of, and I, I wish I, we had heard how she baked it up because it's very hard to bake up like, oh, Faith like shot someone with an arrow. He is someone who I was friends with. And then I helped him get better, like as a way of going around the fact that she had her boyfriend, her vampire boyfriend, drink her blood, and it was orgasmic. Like, <laughs> but like also later when Angel shows up and Riley like runs into him, he's like, "Oh, is did he lose his soul?" Well, no, that's not what's happening. If you if Buffy told you actually what happened, you would know this. But because she vagued up everything, yeah. nothing makes sense to you. I always say in season four they do a lot, and I love the show, but in Lost, how it's like, if all of you just sat down and were honest with each other, we wouldn't have any of these fucking problems. And I feel like in season four... But also, if people were honest with each other, we wouldn't have television. Well, no, but I don't I think... I want honest TV. I don't think, <laughs> They don't all lie to each other or keep secrets as much as they do in season four. Like, Buffy's not telling... She didn't tell Giles. She had a boyfriend. She didn't tell Giles about the initiative. Um... This you is know, something he need, would need to know, the initiative thing. Yeah, like, that's Im- that's important information. I mean, and it leads to the season finale of, like, them all being like, oh, fuck, we haven't been friends in a while. We need to, like, make up, and they do make up and whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, so, also, the the two lines that Faith says that are like, hey, like, you really sound like you're in love with this person. Like, do you, do you hear yourself? Is like... She says to she says to Buffy, "Let's have another go at it and see who lands on top." Yeah, and then also I says, down. "Yeah, like she's also, basically like, listen, I've been in a coma, so now's our chance to like get it on." Yeah, <laughs> and then she says about when she's talking about Angel, she says, "Not only has she forgotten about the love <laughs> of her life, but she's got forgotten about the chick she nearly killed." As if like faith is more important than the love of her life. Um, yeah, and I'm just like. Faith, like, do you think Willow was like, listen, I know what I'm doing. Do you know what you're doing? Like, <laughs> I, you know what, I, I have to, I have to say this, and this is, this is going to sound very strange coming from me because I can literally find lesbian subtext in Uh-oh. like an insurance commercial. <laughs> uh oh. Flo I, is really lesbian. Flo, Flo has got some chemistry with some girls. Um. <laughs> I don't necessarily see the Buffy Faith thing as a sexual, wow. like deep-seated sexual attraction. But I think it goes to show the very, very complicated relationships that women can have with each other. Okay. And I went to an all-girls high school. And there were these moments I remember very vividly of having these deep, like, intense um, love for these for women for like a particular girl and then two days later we'd hate each other and it's to me I think I see Buffy and Willa sorry Buffy and Faith as being two very different sides of the same coin they have to have each other in order to survive in a way and that is a bond that's so deep it kind of transcends like a sexual or physical sort of thing. I think it's to me, I feel like their 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 spark is so much more than just like these two want it. Like get a room, you guys. Come on, Slayers. Um that to me I've I, I whenever I watch it and as I've watched it as I've gotten older too, I I 
I get like the playful kind of sometimes flirty banter, especially initiated by Faith, but I never get the impression that it's it's anything more than everything. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, I agree, especially of the two sides of the same coin. Because then you also have Faith projecting like a sense of self-love, which is a lot with the flirty things. But also there's that intense self-loathing she has, which she tries to take out on Buffy at all times. Yes. I, you know, I, I put that in my notes that like Faith does make some valid points about Buffy. But also, yeah, she's blaming Buffy for like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which, well, it, I mean, that kind of shows, I don't know, it's like... Buffy kind of becomes the center of Faith's world and to and she is obsessed with her in a way, but not in a bad like Beyonce movie obsessed way, but just in a way that like she pays her a lot of attention. And I don't know, it's like when you when you think about what you pay the most attention to, that is a form of love. Like I think Faith has a deep love for Buffy that Buffy has deep respect for Faith and like understands where she's coming from, but I do still think that Faith has this underlying connection tension with her. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so we're all in agreement. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I'd mind if it happened. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I'm asking five by five about it. <laughs> yes. Um. So it's also the like the scene. What'd you say? The Tara Willow scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say, it's weird that Tara goes with Willow to, like, hunt for Faith, and it's like, she's never even met Buffy at this point. Um, right, yeah. she gets, Willow's like, we might get killed. Yeah. <laughs> she's super strong, she can snap both our necks with one hand, like, <laughs> no big but deal. But wait, I need to take a moment to say that the... So not only did the costume designer hate Allison Hannigan, this outfit that they put on Tara <laughs> is the worst Buffy outfit I think I've ever seen. Oh my god! No, I love it. I love it so hard. It's not good, so I don't know why you love it. Because it's so terribly perfect. I those those Doff Martins and then the fucking waiters. I but like that shirt so makes Tara look like she like has I don't even know how to say it like it just looks like I don't know like her like she's body. Her body is morphing like um that that bad like that sender in X-Men <laughs> <laughs> it really is like very unflattering <laughs> like like it, she literally was like here I hate you Amber Benson where <laughs> this piece of shit like I can't stand you like speaking of Amber Benson have any of you guys interviewed Amber yes no. Isn't she just, like, the nicest, funnest person? Right. Dana, isn't... She's, like, Tara, just not a lesbian witch. Like, oh, she's, like, Tara... She's, like, Tara who says fuck. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I can't imagine Tara saying fuck. Like, she would probably apologize after saying it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Amber wouldn't. But <laughs> yeah. she's fabulous. <laughs> I did, like, a, a Buffy fuck, marry, kill with her, and she kept, like... She would say she felt bad every time she had to pick the kill option. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that outfit, I was thinking that too, Matthew. It's like so, like, heinous. Like, for me, it's just like, why are you doing this to her? Like, I was like yelling, like, stop it, stop <laughs> it, no. Because it's got stop like a violence. obviously didn't see what I wore in the late 90s. <laughs> oh, no. Sadly, um, I think I still dress the same. <laughs> Which I'm not saying also, as a good thing. <laughs> 
still one of my least favorite things about the Faith discourse is like when they have the characters just be like, she's a slut. Like when oh. Willow calls her a cleavagey slut bomb. Yeah, not a fan I'm of that. Like, I'm always like, can you just not? Like, I not go back to not knowing what five by five means. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do think it fits with their character, like because Willow hates Faith so much. I feel like when Willow gets like that, she does get like petty and like problematic. So I feel like it does like fit. In, not that it's okay, but I'm saying it like fits with, like, you know how like she hates. I just feel uh, like. It's the C. I mean, it's the WB two thousand, the year two thousand, and their definition of slut is just like a woman who has sex for pleasure and doesn't do it to Sarah McLaughlin and doesn't have to afterward. Take that back. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, and like Tara's so precious when she does her like, I'm not good with the, and Willow's like oh, swimming. God, it's so punching. So good. <laughs> Like, I, that punching also, because, I mean, so if you guys have been listening to the podcast, I still think that they're trying to calibrate how to make Tara. Yeah. And in the very beginning in Hush, she's, like, at a 10. Like, she can barely speak sentences. And now they kind of have her at, like, a 7, yes. 7.5. But that swimming punching thing, I'm like, okay, no one really would think to punch like that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the way that Anya holds a baseball bat Makes me think, you never know what people are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. An 11,000-year-old demon who can't hold a baseball bat has never <laughs> seen someone hold a baseball bat. Um, to be fair, my friend Kimberly Ann, who's been a guest on this podcast, she once went, went to like jokingly punch me in the arm and hit her own chin. That's like one of our favorite <laughs> best friend stories. <laughs> <laughs> she's always like yeah the time I went to punch you and punched myself by accident cause she like I don't know her aim was off and she just went to hit my arm as like a joke and like clipped her chin so <laughs> maybe someone doesn't know how to throw like do little punches and they do the swimming I don't know um, but I think I was gonna point out Matthew yeah they definitely are starting to be like okay we need to turn it down a little bit um, with yeah. Tara um, yeah, so then, and then we also get Xander and Giles run into Spike, which is basically just like, where can we fit Spike in in this episode? Um, but it's, like, funny because Giles is always, you know, Giles is such a good dad, he's assuming the best of Spike, even though Spike has repeatedly told them he hates them, they're not his friends, he wants something to do with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good scene, and it's also, it's insane to realize that Spike doesn't, like, really meet Faith until season seven. Right? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Because they're such big characters for the show, but yeah, they don't really, like, actually meet. Um, because, like, right, they would probably actually get along, and then, I mean, they do. They have that scene where they're, like, sitting down in the basement together, and Buffy gets a little jealous. Well, um, Buffy cockwalks them. <laughs> and then Faith has to end up with Robin Wood. And who yeah. wants that? Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Faith and Spike would probably, like, be, like, sexually compatible. I feel like Spike would probably be super submissive to her, and I would watch it, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we get Faith running into that demon who's delivering her the, whatever the hell you call it, thingy. <laughs> um, and her, her default is still to kill a demon. Yes. I mean, say what you will about Faith, but she's still a slayer at heart. Yes, and I mean... I mean, that's kind of, like, the arc right here, like, of at least the two episodes. That's, like, 
her arc. Is that Slayer's like, got a slay. That yeah, she's still a slayer, and she still like also kind of wants to do like she wants to be good, right? Like yeah, I don't know. Um, kills the demon. We get the mayor. I also appreciate that the mayor is the only big bad that's in like two others. Like he's in like more seasons after he's dead. I mean because of faith, but I like um, the that's season. incorrect. But okay. No, no, no. What do you mean? Angel, Sp- Angel Spike and. Uh, Drusilla from well, season right. two. But I mean, like, Spike was, I mean, Angel was already a main character and Spike was a main it's, character. He's like a big bad that wasn't, like, wasn't a series well, you have regular. to make those caveats when you say the kind of thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, whatever. I, I think, and I think the mayor is an actually, like, a nice, like, not even a foil, just like a nice, like, parallel <laughs> universe Giles because he, he isn't, he is like he cares about Faith, and he genuinely does care about her. Um, for a guy that like wanted to ascend to a true demon form and murder the whole town of Sunnydale, um, he does like think of her as a daughter. And you know, in season three, when she calls him sugar daddy, he's like, I don't like that talk because yeah. like, he does he does like weirdly think of her as like his daughter. Um, he was a great villain. What yeah. a great villain that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I mean, I, I, I love this video because I think it's interesting. I mean, to your point, Ian, like it's interesting to hear a big bad say that they think that their plan is not going to work. Right. Because he records this video in this, in, in basically during graduation day part two, while Faith is in a coma and he has misgivings and the whole season, you know, for dramatic tension He's been saying, I'm going to eat Buffy, like, come graduation day. It's over for you, hoes. Like, <laughs> he says in this video, like, this may not work. And I think it's actually a really great character beat that we get in season four for the season three Big Bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and it's like, it's funny. We get Faith's reactions, and she's just kind of, like, like looking at it like, uh. Um, because she, I feel like Faith refuses to be like, oh, my dad. Like, she's not, she doesn't ever let herself think that, or, like, show that, even though she does kind of think that, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, which is on brand for Faith. Um, so I then... Just, well, I just want to say one more thing watching the scene. I kind of felt like Ian, because I got teary-eyed watching the scene, <laughs> uh, where she's watching the video. Where, like, she has, like, this bemused look on her face, like, just re-watching this cornball, who's her dad... And then when he says that she doesn't have a place in this world, I just got, like, really sad for her. <laughs> and there were some tears in my eyes. I, I will I'll admit it. That makes me, well, I mean, that makes me happy. That, that idea, like, uh, the show is all about alternate families, right? And the idea that, like, his, her dad knowing that, like, my plan may not work and that I'll be gone. And then when you wake up, you're going to be all alone again. And, like, knowing Faith's personality how being alone would cause her to spiral. Like, all that forethought and affection that he has for so palpable in those moments. And it's, like, cute to see, like, even the villains can have a chosen fan. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's that is, like, a sweet... Like, he's, like... Because, you know, maybe I feel like if I were in a coma and my father had... My father figure had, like, died... And was like, listen, if this all didn't work, I'm going to let you switch bodies with your arch enemy that we both hate. <laughs> I might be like, that's insulting. Why do I want to be in their body? But, like, that is what Faith wants. And he knows that. 
Um, well, I don't think it's that he want he that he knows that Faith wants to be in her body. I think he knows that when she wakes up, Faith is going to go to prison, and so he wants to put Buffy in prison and let Faith be free. True, true. Um, it's not about actually wanting to have Buffy's life. It's about making sure that she doesn't go to jail. Fair. Okay. Fair. Um, well, that's what I, I like Ian's thought. interpretation better. <laughs> <laughs> but I might feel, be wrong, but I've always thought it was warm a, inside. Yeah. I've always thought it was like on a practical level. He was like, yo, just make sure that you have your freedom, girl. It can be two things. It can. It can I was be. just saying, that's why I was offering my perspective. <laughs> um, so I have to say, like, I don't always love Joyce, but because she's Buffy's mom, I get like, <gasps> when Faith is like, hi, Joyce, and like knocks her out, I get very like, <gasps> how dare you? Because I feel like, and it is, an attack on Buffy, you know? Well, we can't get to Joyce before we talk about the Riley scene before it. Oh, right, right, right. There is, you're right. Go Where ahead. Where he calls her this gal, Ugh. and he asks, what did she do to you exactly? Which means, what the hell did Buffy tell him in the first place? Right, right. yeah. He, she has, he has no idea what Faith did to her. What did she say? Yeah, so, like, what did, like, if he doesn't know what she did, then, like, yeah, what the hell did she tell him? Because it seems like you left out all the important parts then. Did you just say Faith was a person you knew? Like, <laughs> not even about all the murder and the kidnapping. Very <laughs> um, Yeah, Matthew, do you have anything to say about this Riley scene? No. No. Um, wow. I really want to talk about Joyce's boat neck shirt and how deep <laughs> the boat neck is. That's what you want to talk about. <laughs> like, I was watching the neckline on that shirt and I was like, you go, Joyce, because she was truly chilling at home showing shoulder, <laughs> like, on her own. See, and I honestly, she, she dresses like, for herself and I love it. Do you, she was dressing for herself. She was being way too sassy. And I was like, Joyce, stop being so sassy. Basically, she kill you. <laughs> I no, I love she it. She is Buffy's mom, though. You yeah. know? She was starring in Joyce the Vampire Slayer's mother. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it because I love. I don't know. I I think this is Joyce. Like this is a really good Joyce. Like one of the only other few times we get this Joyce is like in School Hard when she knocks Spike out with the axe and is like, "Get the hell away from my daughter," which is like one of my favorite. Um, or when she fucks on a cop car. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, like, when Joyce... Actively we don't know how sassy she was being there during that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to look up Stevedore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> because, same. Um, <laughs> I, I, I looked it up back in the day after, after this episode because I, I needed to know. The definition of that word is... It's a lot to refer to as sexual. Anyway, um, <laughs> but... So I, I actually, I do love Joyce, but you are right. It's like, Joyce, she really could, like, kill you with her fingers. Like, maybe don't do this. But I think I would be that shitty asshole that's like, mm, well, my daughter's gonna kick your ass. Like, hmm, I'm gonna sit here on this couch. <laughs> Go ahead, kill me. No big deal. I don't care. But really, I'm terrified inside, and I'm just, like, projecting because I don't want them to know I'm scared. Um, you know, I love Faith's like, tell me the truth. How do I look? And she's, like, psychotic. And when she's like, I know what you're thinking, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, my daughter's going to kill you soon. You know, I I really appreciate how even though Faith is right, Buffy should have called Joyce. Buffy should have already been at the house. You know, I appreciate that. You know, I, Faith, 
Faith tries to like psych Joyce out almost, and Joyce is like, no, she's she's gonna be here. Um, and how how extra is it of Buffy to just blast oh my through God, that I love it. window? Ah! Wait, okay, I have a million <laughs> notes about. <that. laughs> Before she blasts through the window, I just want to say it does feel like Joyce specifically when she's not being sassy, she is kind of realizing just how messed up Faith is, like on a personal level. How because Faith basically what she's saying is that she feels left behind by Buffy, and you should feel that way too. But the same way Buffy feels like. Faith pulled away, like, and Faith did kind of pull away, like how she would say, "I don't care. I killed this man, even though she clearly cares." Yeah, yeah. She'd always say, "I'm just five by five When Buffy was actually trying, the, the the few times Buffy actually tried to like talk to her or help her out, Faith would always pull away, which was the problem. Right. right. And right. I, under different circumstances, I bet Joyce would have invited Faith to come downstairs and made her a grilled cheese sandwich and some tomato soup and like talk to her. Yeah. But but you know. Faith not, not at this moment in yeah. time. <laughs> but I do think it's an interesting journey, right? Because in the beginning, she had so much faith in Faith and was, like, ah. saying that, like, maybe you should give up slaying and let Faith do it, right? And, like, she knows that Faith went, like, a little off the deep end or whatever. But she did have, I don't know, she she had a, a, not a motherly quality, but she really did believe in her. So to see her now, like, basically, like, tied up on the bed in her amazing boat neck, like <laughs> giving off these sassy one-liners really tempt. Like, I mean, she could kill her. So the way that she's like tempt, like tempting faith to do something to her is really ballsy. I don't know. But I, I want to hear your notes on her jumping through the window, Matthew. <laughs> okay. Do it. Where did she jump? How did she get that much velocity to jump? <laughs> What are the physics of this jump? Why did she not just go walk through the door and run up the stairs? <laughs> because this is a way better entrance, and I love it, but you're right. It's a stealthier entrance. <laughs> like, did she climb a tree? Did she build a treehouse? Did she come from an initiative helicopter? Like, what did she do? I always as, a, as a new homeowner, <laughs> I am concerned about the insurance situation. Oh, my God. The amount of damage in this fight. <laughs> How does that house, how did that house stand up by, uh, by the sixth season anyway? <laughs> the sixth season, like Buffy Spike house, it was Buffy Faith finally going at it and the <laughs> house falling down as they have a queer sex fight scene. Oh gosh. Um, I, I mean, I just, but I love it. For me, it works. I always assumed she jumped from a tree. Like for me, it was like, oh, she saw that Faith, she somehow saw Faith in the window or whatever and was like fuck, I gotta get there, and, like, scaled a tree and jumped as hard as she could through that fucking window. Um, but she didn't see Faith in the window because Joyce's bedroom is in the back of the house. But she could have been in the backyard. She could have, like, gone around the house to check. Maybe she was, like, yeah, hopping fences Ferris Bueller style, and so she was in the backyard <laughs> to get home. Yeah, true. Because she doesn't drive. Um... Maybe she was jumping on the tops of buildings and then jumped onto a school bus and rode the school bus over to her house, like but at the end. Nighttime school bus. <laughs> but can we agree it is a really good entrance, though? It's great. It's a great entrance. Like, like, it's great. That's the thing. It's great TV, but like the mechanics of it are just so sus. <laughs> like, um, it's an entrance you expect from a vampire, not from a vampire slayer. <laughs> but I, I love her like jumping through the window, punching Faith, and being like, "Hi, mom." And Joyce is like, "Hi, sweetie." Like I, for me, that's like such good Buffy. Like, 
it's so very like, oh, my mom's in like literally life-threatening danger. Let me jump through the window. We'll just say hi. No big deal. And it's like the first time we've seen Joyce since like the beginning of the season, isn't it, Matthew? No, she was in Fear Itself. She made the she made a little bit of running with Kate for Buffy. Right, right, right. But that's like that's still the beginning of the season. That's like the fourth episode, fifth episode. Oh, I thought you meant like it was the first time. This, oh, yes, yes, you're correct. Yes, yeah, it's the beginning. Um, so it's been like a long strain of episodes without Joyce. Um, so I mean, what I always think this show does well, which we said before, is like it it does a good job of like reminding you, even though if you're not seeing it, these other things still exist, which I like. Um, and, like, even though we're not seeing Joyce, and I, I did read that the actress Christine Sutherland had wanted to, like, have a lesser of a role because I think she moved to, like, France or somewhere. Um, Little she, Joyce things. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Joss was like, okay, like, you don't have to be in season four as much. but for se- And, like, did tell her, but you're going to die in season five, so you need to come back a lot in season five. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... I love the whole fight. I love a good smash fight. That's what I love about Buffy is they always do that really well. Like, oh, we're going to have this set. Well, let's fucking destroy it during this fight. Oh, um, such a good fight scene. Yeah, right? Like, I, I think this is, you know, aside from the graduation day big fight, I think this is maybe one of their second best fights. Um, just smashing the shit out of every single thing. She, like, smashes that, like, the, what are they called? Like French doors? Is that what they're called? The doors that they have for the living room? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, she slams it I right into Buffy's face. Yeah. She takes the drawers out of yeah. the armoire <laughs> and like fucking throws drawers at her. Like what? <laughs> um, when they fall down the steps, I don't know if you all noticed, the camera is very obviously, there's a camera that like cranes down the steps as they're falling. That's literally right next to them that you see. Um, <laughs> But I, I just love it. I, you know, she throws Buffy into the bookcase. They smash a coffee table. Uh, how much money did Joyce spend rebuilding that fucking house? Um, Poor woman. Right. The damn gallery <laughs> probably was, like, bankrupt. It's like, oh, the first time my daughter has been home since October, and she's... Now the house is destroyed again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I love that scene. Um, it, it feels very, like... Which is weird to say, because it's only a season later, but it feels like a good old-fashioned Buffy-Faith fight. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that their fight choreography is, like, some of the best the show does. Um, right, because they're equally, they're, like, perfectly equally matched. Yes. And, like, so it makes sense that, like, they're both punching each other with the exact same strength, the exact, like, they can, you know, she can smash a door in Buffy's face, Buffy can smash her on the coffee table. Um, yeah, I don't know, I just, I, and, I, and I think that the Buffy-Faith fights, they're always, like chock full of tension um whether it's just like oh because of their history or whether you think it's like because they like had a queer like some something going on everyone had some kind of feelings or whatever there's always lots of tension so it always like means more than just a regular Buffy fight like it's not just like oh I'm saving the day fighting this monster it's like oh I'm fighting this person who's my equal who also murdered some people we were really close then we weren't she tried to kill my boyfriend blah 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 um yeah yeah. And it's at this point with, with this fight uh, where Buffy is, like, given up again uh, trying to rehab Faith because, again, she just went after her mother. So Buffy's throwing out the trash talk, basically the yeah. the, the slut-shaming trash talk because she's she's done with Faith again. Yeah, she's, like, over it. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, so I, I can't remember the first time I watched this. Like, I didn't watch season four when it aired, but I remember going back and when I watched 
I think I might have watched it also when it, this episode when it aired on FX. And I remember being, like, so mad that Buffy, that Faith gets the last, like, Faith kind of, like, wins the day in the, at the end of this episode. I remember being, like, which is, like, to the show's merit. I'm like, no, fuck! <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you all think of the ending? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it sets up one of my favorite episodes of Buffy, so <laughs> I was fine with it. All right. Matthew? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the whole reason, like, one of my problems with this episode is that, like, it exists only to serve the last five minutes, kind of, and, like, that last moment um, is the whole point of the episode, and it's, like, a really great TV moment. Um, All right, so are we ready for our favorite things of the episode, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Favorite outfit, LaToya? Uh, I guess I'll have to go with uh, Xander's 70s outfit. <laughs> Especially if he, can, if he can steal Willow's hat to go along with it. <laughs> Dana? Oh, I'm going for the uh, Tara's <laughs> Doc Martens and uh, uh, I believe they're olive green flood pants. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> uh, Matthew? Okay, because today is the Oscars, I'm just going to say that there are several nominees for today's <laughs> award in my mind, and the nominees are Joyce's deep boat neck, <laughs> Sanders' sweater, and Faith's first outfit when she's making the bed with Buffy, and the winner is Xander's sweater. sweater. Wow, I'm surprised the boat neck didn't win. Yeah, Me too. I thought it was going to be boat neck all the way. Yeah, you will see. You know what? Boat neck. boat neck put up a good fight, but if you look <laughs> at the whole outfit, she's wearing these like pilgrim penny loafers that are not. <laughs> so it just doesn't work as a whole thing. Whereas like Xander's outfit is a cohesive whole. Gotcha. gotcha. That's where I come out and okay. say there's been a mistake, and actually the boat neck boat neck one. <laughs> um, okay, so favorite scene, Dana. Oh, favorite scene. Um, I'm going to go for the picnic scene with the mayor and Faith. All right. Latoya? I'm going to go for the fight scene at the quad. Ah, Matthew? I'm also going to say the bulletin board brawl. And that's also my favorite scene. Because um, while the end fight scene is such a good scene, I think that the scene on the quad is like, there's some really good, like, things also going on aside from it being a cool fight. Um, like how Faith disappears in- onto a hill. And also, like, that scene is so obviously somewhere else. Like, where Buffy's looking, you can see mountains, but then when she looks, it's like a flat, like, campus quad, and it's very obviously somewhere else. Normally we ask, what would Dawn have been doing? I think we can all probably agree that she would have been there with Joyce and kidnapped as Faith well. locked her in the face and she didn't want to hear her. <laughs> right? She'd be, she'd be lipping off. <laughs> That's what I said. I think Dawn would have been, like, even ten times more sassier than Joyce was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Faith would have liked Dawn being sassy. Yeah. Like, right? Like, I think Faith would have and been, And I like, think she, they would have, like, the writers would have put in a reference to what Faith says earlier, like, um, in Graduation Day Part 2 in the dream. Like, when she mouths off, she would have been like, ooh, look at little Miss Muffet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so, grades... Uh, Matthew, what's your grade? I give it a B plus. Oh, okay. Latoya? I'm going to give it an A minus. Dana? Uh, this episode gets a solid B from me. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I, I'm going to have the opposite of 
all of y'all, but I actually give this episode an A plus because I love how like okay. I I love how like I it just is very it, it is you're right, Matthew. It totally sets up for the next episode, but it's very basic Buffy versus Faith, and I am a sucker for any of that. Like I could watch a million episodes that are just <clears throat> if Faith ended up being like the rogue big bad, even if she didn't have like world ending like pl- like world ending like schemes going on, I would still watch a whole season of like Oh, Buffy has to like find faith. Um, okay, so thank thank you both for being on. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98, and if you want to follow Matthew, he is at Matthew Rodriguez. One T, a G, and a Z. If you want to follow Ian, he's at IanXCarlos. And Dana, where can people follow follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dana Pickley. That's two C's, one L. And Latoya. You guys can follow me at Lafergs. That's L-A-F-E-R-G-S. Yay. And Yay. thank you for being on. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.